0: From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Simon Marx. President Trump is indicating that he will not accept any changes to the rules governing the televised presidential debates in the United States. There are supposed to be two more of them, but after Tuesday night's disaster in which the president constantly talked over his rival Joe Biden, the commission that oversees the debates is preparing to announce new rules. They could include muting the microphone of any candidate that breaks the rules. On Twitter, the president insisted that he won the debate on Tuesday night and asked, why would I allow the debate commission to change the rules? Meanwhile, at the White House... Does the president denounce white supremacism and groups that espouse it in all their forms? John Roberts of Fox News trying to pin down press secretary Kayleigh McEnany. This has been answered yesterday by the president himself. The day before by the president himself on the debate stage, the president was asked this. He said sure three times. It is not clear whether that answer is sufficient to satisfy the concern of Republicans on Capitol Hill who have expressed frustration over the president's failure to disavow white supremacy during Tuesday night's debate. The Trump administration is capping the number of refugees it will admit into the United States next year at an historic low. From FSN's bureau in San Francisco, Rachel Silverman reports.
1: The Trump administration says next year it will admit up to 15,000 refugees into the United States. That's the lowest number in 40 years and a drop of 3,000 people from the cap set for 2020. Refugee advocacy groups say the cap is a symbol of the abdication of the U.S., from its humanitarian leadership role. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has pledged to restore high levels of refugee admissions if elected. Rachel Silverman, San Francisco.
0: In Britain, there are calls for a member of Parliament to be prosecuted for using public transport after she tested positive for COVID-19. Margaret Ferrier has been suspended by the Scottish National Party and in an apologetic statement said she has no excuse for her actions. Scotland reporter Phil McDonald. Not only do you have Margaret Ferrier developing symptoms on the Saturday, requesting a test and taking it, but then travelling to Parliament two days after, then getting a positive test result and returning home, knowing full well that she had COVID-19. In Germany, Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has said for the first time that he thinks the Kremlin was responsible for the nerve agent attack that almost cost him his life. He said he thought he was going to die when he realised he had been poisoned with the nerve agent Novichok. Two big birthdays are being celebrated today. Julie Andrews, star of The Sound of Music, is 85. And former U.S. President Jimmy Carter is 96. He's celebrating at home in Georgia with his wife Rosalyn. He has lived longer than any other U.S. president. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacey on the Right with your host, Stacey Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American.
1: Yes, indeed. Righteously American and right here in your ear holes, StaceyOnTheRight.com is where you can find out more. All right, listen, today on the program, we're going to get into a little bit of what happened at the debate. But uh, suffice it to say, I am utterly satisfied with President Trump's performance because I'm voting for the platform, right? Of course, I think President Trump is fantastic and I'm happy to vote for him, but I'm voting for a platform. And so one debate performance... That's not going to be an issue for me. What's going to be an issue is if I see changes made to, hello, that platform that would make it untenable for me to match things up with my Christian worldview and make a choice. So we're going to talk about the debate. We're going to... Delve into this new news that uh, the CDC director, Robert Redfield, has been overruled. He wanted to extend the U.S. ban on cruise ships for another four months, and he got the big noza. He's not getting a yes on that. The cruise ships will sail again starting November 1st. We'll talk about that. We are going to unpack. This is fascinating. Uh, California mandating racial quotas in business. Why? Why are they doing it? Why do they think this is the way to get... Uh, people onto boards to get to get African Americans onto boards and I actually had an interesting exchange on this where I was discussing it with with a friend and um, there's there's just no way to uh, characterize what happens in California other than it's the liberal failure lab it's where liberal utopian ideas go to die and so we're going to discuss that as well and uh I, I want to just touch on, like I give a little bit of predictive, of, if you will, for next week, because there's another debate and there's a big argument about it. Um, should the debate commission give uh, you know new rules because president trump was being unruly and and you know why are they ignoring the interruptions from wallace who was the moderator the interruptions from joe biden who was the other candidate you know on the stage why 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 are his interruptions not a big deal but president trump's were so uh you know the unfairness continues but we'll see and um so you know i just get to a place where when you think it can't get any worse, as in the uh the thing that is happening, it just can't get any worse, then it does. It it just it does. Um, so the the racial quotas, uh and of course, our top story for today, and we'll get into it in just a sec here. I that is that the AP style book is now making changes. They sent out a series of tweets stating that they will um they will be looking at you askance if you use the word riot too much. You can use the word unrest. You really have to look at the underlying motives of the people who are throwing them all top cocktails, beating police officers over the head with a bat, and otherwise hitting people and being violent and burning things to the ground. They're climbing all over the front porch of an innocent family that's just upstairs in bed. Um, if it's for a racial grievance, you can't call that a riot. You have to call that unrest. And that unrest might sometimes be violent. Yes, my friends, that's what they said. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll delve into that and, and make no mistake. This is just another example of liberals redefining what words mean. And we can't allow that. We can't allow it. We we can't let that happen. So, uh, let's start, let's start with this story. Um, the AP style book, you know what that is. That's where, uh, Everybody, journalists, people who maybe are just writing books, kids who are writing term papers—if they the, the teacher says you're going to use AP style, they have to figure out what's going on. Um, so the the question is, do they do they do the right thing here in making this new change? I, I say no. So the new change sounds like this. Um, it's, a, it's not just the, the words that the reporters and the journalists are using. It's the underlying meanings behind it that they're trying to adjust. It's a new guidance on AP Stylebook Online. You can find all these links at com, where you can click on the button and, you know, do, do your thing. Check out all the links and all that. Uh, it says use care in deciding which term best applies. A riot is a wild or violent disturbance of the peace involving a group of people. The term riot suggests uncontrolled chaos and pandemonium. Two of five. Focusing on rioting and property destruction rather than underlying grievance has been used in the past to stigmatize broad swaths of people protesting against lynching, police brutality, or for racial justice going back to the urban uprisings of the 1960s. It's like they're talking about cupcakes here. So unrest is a vaguer, milder, and less emotional term for a condition of angry discontent and protest verging on revolt. That's three of five. Protest and demonstration refer to specific actions such as marches, sit ins, rallies, and other actions meant to register dissent. They can be legal or illegal, organized or spontaneous, peaceful or violent, and involve any number of people, four or five. They finish it off with this Revolt and uprising both suggest a broader political dimension or civic civil upheaval. So revolt and uprising both suggest a broader political dimension or civil upheavals, a sustained period of protest or unrest against powerful groups or governing systems. So, um, I'm not disagreeing with what they've said. I'm disagreeing with the fact that they feel they need to come in and make these statements and and basically, you know, propagandize the reporters into re- using words that they feel are more palatable that don't frighten people. Because, you know, it's, it's really important what words they use. It's not so important if your business or your the place where you work has been burned to the ground and you can't go to work anymore. I mean, these riots are impacting the economy, which Joe Biden is blaming President Trump for. He blames President Trump for the riots that his party is currently engaging in, ongoing destruction. He blames President Trump for the result, which is that people are out of work. Now, yes, some of the uh, joblessness is directly attributable to the lockdowns and the downturn in the economy and the 40 percent of restaurants nationwide that are never going to open their doors again, of course. But this idea that they can cause the destruction and then blame it on President Trump, what is the likelihood that that actually flies with the American people? I don't know. I I can't tell you, Um, but I'm hoping the likelihood is next to zero So let's get into this cruise ship story. You've got the CDC director, Redfield. He wanted to extend the ban on cruising. It's a a no-sale order issued by the CDC. It was put out in mid-March and then extended to mid-April. And it's actually set to expire at this current uh, iteration, October 30th. So, yeah, in 30 days. What they're saying is that Redfield's request was made in a recent White House Coronavirus Task Force meeting, He said, please extend the ban until February of 2021. He said he was concerned that COVID-19 could spread more quickly within the close confines of cruise ships. But White House officials allegedly decided that An extension of that length was not necessary and determined that the order would expire after Halloween at the end of this current month. So the government is hoping that cruise lines, a multi-billion dollar industry, can demonstrate that ships can sail in a safe and responsible manner and that the companies assume the burden of dealing with any possible coronavirus outbreaks. And that was per a White House official speaking to Axios this week. This link is also in the show notes over at listen.staceyontheright.com. So I just keep looking at it and thinking, you know, I I, is there is there a good reason not to reopen the cruise ships? Um, If you're social distancing and wearing masks, then it seems like you should be able to do it because I, I just keep going back to and help me out. If the social distancing of six feet works, why do we need the masks? If the masks work, why do we need the social distancing? If the social distancing and the masks are the one-two punch, then why do businesses have to be at 25% occupancy? No one can answer that. We just see people continuing to wield this outsized amount of power over others, and it's destroying lives. So uh, I think it's crazy. I don't like it. I, I want to see something good happen. I-, I don't know about the cruise ships. I'm not a cruiser. I have family members who are going to be so excited to hear they can cruise again, probably would get out of Dodge immediately. But I- I'm-, I'm concerned about the people on the ground here who want to go to church and who wanna- they want their kids back in school. This is a story because hopefully if cruising is able to reopen and actually goes well, maybe some of the people who are currently in the grip of utter fear will... Um, move forward with kind of getting back to some sense of normalcy, whatever that's going to be. So uh, here's the RNC and President Trump pushing back on changing the debate rules. So this is another, it's a, it's basically the next step, the consequence of what happened at the debate. Uh, It was just, you really couldn't hear what people were saying. And I blame everyone. So I support President Trump. I kind of wished at some points he would have just let the, uh, you know, the the train wreck that is Joe Biden when he's left to just talk free-flowingly, it, that they would have allowed that to happen. Um, but, you know, he, it, it is what it is. You can't change what already happened. Now, the Republican National Committee and Team Trump actually have heard about these rules that are proposed, the changes for the two remaining presidential debates, and they're saying, look, we've already agreed to establish rules. You can't change them in the middle of the campaign. You can't change them in the middle of the the thing. We've already had our first debate, so we're going to stick with them. RNC chairwoman Rona McDaniel said that you can't actually alter the rules without the approval of both campaigns. Quote, I hope the Committee on Presidential Debates does not change the rules once again to protect Joe Biden from answering the American people. I don't think you should be changing the rules that they have agreed to, and I do not think this commission has the right to just arbitrarily change rules without talking to both candidates and getting agreement and input from both sides. Now, a member of Trump's campaign told reporters in a conference call on Thursday, we don't want any changes, quote and end Last night's debate made it clear that the additional structure should be added to the format of the remaining debates, and that was the uh, commission on presidential debates. They're basically all up in a huff because they feel like Anything that goes against their candidate commission on presidential Debates should be a neutral and impartial body of individuals who will not allow anyone to know who they're rooting for. Instead, they have their little faces pressed to the glass for Joe Biden. They're just in love with them and they'll do anything for him, including changing the rules midstream. Imagine if President Trump had come and said, I want to change the rules because Chris Wallace was giggling and laughing with with him. Just like he did with me, I mean, Chris Wallace is an equal opportunity offender, worst moderator I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but he, what if President Trump had asked for the rules to change, or or maybe President Trump that that maybe that's the tack he should take. Yes, I agree. We should change the rules. Here are my proposed changes. Offer up his proposed changes, and if they say, "Well, no, you can't change," then neither can you. Thank you so much, and goodbye. That that's what he should say. Uh, so garbage can. Uh, proceedings, people who just don't care anything about fairness or the truth. Here's a little something I like to call Trump and fruit So Shaden fruit, Trump and fruit Apparently Drudge, you, do you guys remember Drudge? I know I haven't been there in ages. Like I seriously, I don't go there anymore because it's just negative Trump. The headlines blaring in all caps halfway down the page. Anything he can say bad about President Trump, that's all he does all day and all night. I don't have time for that. That's what CNN is for. Okay, so drudge's traffic is down 42% and i'm surprised it's only 42% to be to be perfectly candid with you the site has perhaps paid a price for jumping off the trump train and this is per an article from the new york times it had 1.4 million unique visitors in august which is 42% fewer than a year before and comscore data provides the, you know that analysis now uh Sites that are ahead of Drudge right now: Gateway Pundit, my friend Jim Hoft ha- here out of St. Louis, uh, The Daily Caller got buddies over there. Virginia Cruder work- works over there. She lives in Illinois. Good friend. Uh, Liberty Daily, rantingly News Ammo, and the Washington, the Washington Times noted those sites so that those are all ahead. Citizens Free Press wasn't mentioned in the article, but it appears to have more traffic than Daily Caller, and if. Drudge has less traffic than Daily Caller, then that means that Citizen Free Press has more traffic than Drudge. What, what? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So uh, the New York Times report tried to dance around it a little bit, do a little tap dancing or river dancing around the fact that there's been a falling out between President Donald John Trump and Drudge. Now, I got to say, I mean, who cares? The news is the news. But if you're there for the clicks and that's it, then you have to go to where the clicks are. But here's the problem. You're not going to see Hillary Clinton with... One of her staffers holding a camera, watching her navigate to Drudge just because Drudge isn't friends with Trump anymore. Liberals, once you've been conservative, if you try to come to them, unless you've got some dirt that can materially hurt someone that they hate, like President Trump, they don't care about you. None of these liberals care about Drudge. They're not going to suddenly start going to Drudge.com or Drudge Report. They're not going to do that. Why would they? They don't need Drudge. They've already got all the propaganda media they need plus a side of propaganda media and and, – they got like a backup buffet of propaganda media just in case anything isn't quite on point in in the first couple of items I named. They like they they're they're full up. They don't need any extra. So the Times said in their story with the presidential campaign entering its final stretch, the attacks are mounting. Now, uh, is it an attack if President Trump hits back at a site that is hitting him or is that him defending himself? I love how they characterize everything President Trump does. is he's the aggressor when he, all he's doing is trying to run the country, and he hits back when he's hit first. You know, so uh, yeah, Drudge not doing too well, and I, I'm not sad about it. I'm not sad. Um, I know if you're about the clicks, you're about the clicks, but you also have to be about your own business prospects. The right made Drudge. We were all one thing. And now he's gonna to try to go the other way. Um, no thanks, bro. No thanks. So you I mean, do it do whatever you feel like you're gonna do, but look at that traffic. It's down low, baby. It's down way low. All right. So let's uh get into this story about California mandating racial quotas in business. And you can find this one at Stacyonthewright.com. So uh You've got a lot of really nasty things going on in California and the major cities. The, the you know, defecation maps, the racial riots, the just things going a little bit not so great. Um, but if there's anything that can make California's already worsening state even more, uh, I don't know, it just make it go further downhill is... Gavin Newsom and his idiotic bills. So he's actually saying that corporate boards that don't have a black person on their board are going to have to uh, get with the program. He says, quote, members can self-identify as black. Do you hear this nonsense? So. What's more insulting that they don't have enough black people on boards and instead of him saying we need to recruit and mentor black individuals who are of promise coming out of colleges and universities or people who own businesses that maybe haven't considered being on a board. He says, I'm just going to issue a quota, find you a black person or have one of your white members say, I feel black today. How, how like what universe does this guy actually think that works well for America? So this is similar to a piece of legislation that they put out in 2018 that required boardrooms to have at least one female director by 2019. Uh, now, there will be court challenges, obviously. This is a discriminatory quota. Um, and so the the corporations that have already been working towards eliminating and combating implicit bias and things like that, like boards who have been saying, you know, we we need to bring in some different viewpoints. That's not respectable enough. You can't do it on your own time. You need to get on Gavin Newsom's clock. And it it just makes more racism possible. If it and I feel like that's obviously what what affirmative action does, it makes people think if you're in a job, you're only there because of your racial background, never mind the fact that you have the education or the experience or you've earned your way into that position. If there are quotas present, it completely de- delegitimizes your work. And it's the same thing here. Now, by the end of 2021, more than 660 public corporations with California headquarters must have at least one board of director, one board director from an underrepresented community. Those who qualify would self-identify as black, Latino, Asian, Pacific Islander, Native American, Native Hawaiian, Alaska Native, or gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender. The measure requires two such directors by the end of 2022 if your board has four to nine directors. Three directors are required for boards with nine or more directors. Firms that don't comply will face fines of, get this, 100000 for their first violation and 300000 for each subsequent violation. Now, the law doesn't specify how you can identify someone who is self-identifying as black, like if two white people are sitting there and one of them self-identifies as black and they haven't told you that you will I guess have to ask raise your hand if you self-identify as black so uh yeah that's a thing that that is actually a thing and I know that uh, you know in in the big in the big big world we have s- options to do anything we want but this ain't it this is a terrible dereliction of what a governor is supposed to do. He's wasting their time and ours by extension. So uh, I want everyone to. Head over to familyvisionmedia.org, check out the website over there, um, download our wonderful guide that we have going on. We actually have another one coming out next week for elementary school students. That'll be the last one in that series. And we also have new podcasters who are joining our ranks over at familyvisionmedia.org. And you can only find out about that if you head over there and check it out. It's Yvette Seltz and her husband, Greg. They're joining in with a podcast, it's the two of them talking to each other about everything. They're so fun. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, so check it out. Should be up. I think if not tomorrow, by Monday, their first inaugural podcast with us. And I'm just so excited that we have had um, that kind of success to be able to find new people to come in and be a part of what we're doing. You can find out more about me at StaceyOnTheRight.com. I'm Stacy on the right everywhere, including on Parlor. Have a great night.